0: Uh, So welcome, not just the former England, Surrey, Kent, Hampshire, Perth, Scorchers, and Leicestershire player, but now cricket commentator as well, Mr. Michael Carberry. Michael, how are you?
1: Evening, James. How are are (laughs) we? Yeah, we're good. We we was enjoying. Lovely day, lovely day for it.
0: We was enjoying listening to you last night on the, or a couple of nights ago on the One Day International.
1: Yeah, it was a good game, wasn't it? I think it was it was much needed in the series. It was getting a bit one-sided and. uh, I think the Irish boys saved, uh, saved their best performance for the for last, really. But it was, yeah, it was. It was. Um, I mean, obviously the result wasn't great for England, but you know it was great, great for the Irish boys. They played really well.
2: That's right. I mean, it was a bit like when we played Scotland uh, a couple of years back. And uh, you know, you see, you know, England putting the big guns out, but then you know the guys from the smaller nations are, uh, are stepping up to the plate and providing some entertainment. It's really good to see.
1: Yeah, for real. I you know, back in the day, you know, a lot of these guys would have been familiar to a lot of us because we would have played them in county cricket. But unfortunately, due to the ruling now, they're, yeah. they're classified overseas, so we don't really know a lot of them. It's, it's just really going off a lot of a lot of stats and, and that kind of stuff. None, none none of us have really seen these lads play, but you know, they've got some good youngsters. There's a little lad, Camper, who, who yeah. impressed me. He, he sort of um, made two fifties and nicely as well, you know, so they've got, um, yeah, plus some old heads, Sterling and Val uh, you know, played against,
2: Well, uh, yeah, they've got a good, good little outfit, I think. We just yeah, had well, Roland Butcher on and he was, I asked him about, you know, trying to get um West Indies cricket going again and whether getting West Indies players to come and play a county season over here, but, you know, he said what you've just mentioned as well, that this whole... Uh, how difficult it is now for overseas players to come and play, even play club cricket, um, which is holding you yeah. back. I think.
1: Yeah, it's sad because I think you know Roland's time, um, even before, way before my time. Uh, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the old school West Indian legends are, you know, are still contact, in contact. We've said that you know coming over here to play in the leagues and, and play county cricket was the finishing sort of school for them in their careers. So. You know, it's sad that you don't really see them as round around the um, the leagues or county cricket as much as yes the year. Yesteryear, but
2: and some of those hairstyles as well,
1: super <laughs> Yeah, man, there, there's, there's some big afros back is isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not one to talk about hairstyles at the moment, <laughs> but <laughs> I bet you had your moment. Yeah, man. It, it was it was all good to about 8:24, and then boy I had to you know <laughs> I had to take the big the big razor to it, man. I had to let go. I had to let go. Right man let me take you back in the day. Yes, man.
2: So back as a young 17-year-old, mm. uh, and breaking into a quite legendary Surrey side with the likes of Stuart Rambrakash, Thorpe, the Hollyoaks boys, Sackland. Ducha, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's not talk about it. Let's have a week where we don't talk
1: about it. We just mentioned the good players on
2: this show. <laughs> He's going to be annoyed because we haven't played his track tonight. We play his track every week, and he, he says, yeah, and he plays it in the Skybox as well. He, he plays <laughs> us in the Skybox, and so they all listen. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So they're going to be listening tonight, and it, all they're going to hear <laughs> is your selection. <laughs> it might, it might <laughs> so tell us about that sorry. So what was it like You know, walking into a dressing room with those boys there?
1: Um, I think at that time, I'll be honest, it was a, it was a bit overwhelming. Um, I mean, you're playing with your, you know, well, you're now walking in the dressing room with your heroes, you know what I mean? Adam yeah. Stewart, Graham Paul, um, all those guys were with were heroes of mine. Um, Butch, yeah, being one, he played at the same club as me. And, you know, so, um, yeah, it was a bit kind of stepping into a whole new world, really. I mean, I was a very good youth player, had a good youth record. There was a lot of talk about me from probably about, fifteen, sixteen that you know, I'd go on to do great things at Surrey and things like that. But I suppose, you know, dream became reality almost and it was wow, this is you know, it's a different world now, you know, it's, it's you're learning a different set of rules. The game the pace of the game is different. Um, and yeah, it was it was a tough few years. I mean things were very different back then where I suppose you earned your you earned your respect As a youngster, you know you were very much seen and not heard. Um, You had to do your chores, and and that said, you had to, you know, senior players ruled the roost. A bit different to now, but um, but you know, from a learning aspect, it was fantastic because, as I say, what a team to learn from. I mean, everyone from one to eleven had played international cricket, you know, or were, you know, legends of the county game. So, there was always that fountain of knowledge around them. Although, you know, certain guys didn't speak to you as much. Mm. But I mean, you very much have to go and hunt your information. Yeah. Um, you know, just just being around them, just watching how they prepare. You know, someone like Alex Stewart was the consummate professional. You know, he's very neat and tidy, and you know, Graham Fort was very meticulous in the way he went about his work and his practice. He, you know, you wanted everything right to the absolute degree so i think seeing that as a, as a youngster having the opportunity to to work with Dorpy for a few weeks over pre-seasons was went massive lengths to you know my development i think and 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 you know obviously hope you know broke i end up breaking in the side only temporarily but you know it was great just to be able to feed that feed off those kind of guys really
2: I guess you know as a youngster starting off and, and 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 eventually becoming a test opening batsman to learn from the early days from players like Thorpey and, uh, and Stewie that um that's a good groundwork to have in your development.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean that's that's almost better than any net session really isn't it? Like yeah. you know that is, you know back then the feeling was you learned the game at the bar. you know, you learned <laughs> by you know, you learned by talking and asking questions and you know, I think teams back then were a lot more sociable. So, you know, mm. we were playing like Worcester. I remember getting caught in a, in a conversation. I was a sort of young pup in between Mark Rampakash and Graham Hick. You know, that's, you just can't buy that, that kind of experience and yeah. knowledge. You know, and I'm just sitting, I didn't say very much. But just being there amongst the two guys, just listening to their thoughts on the wicket and how it plays and how they're looking to play and things like that. And, yeah, it was fascinating for me. You um, know, I, mean, I, was, I was, and, you know, still am a bit of a cricket tragic, so, <laughs> you know, I, I was always one day a geeky kid who'd be, you know, shadow batting in the mirror, trying new techniques and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, you say you can't buy that. You know, there's, there's certain things you can learn in the nets, but you can't beat listening to the, the good old pros of, of you know of the year, how they went about their work and just watching them, you
0: know? How hard was it to leave Surrey and then to go on to Kent? Because obviously it's an experienced dressing room full of internationals to then go to a county where maybe not recognised as much as full of internationals.
1: Mm. Yeah, it was it was a tough decision um, because obviously I'm a Surrey boy through and through, um, played all my cricket there, grew up in Croydon. Um, so, you know, very You're much... a Paris fan? I'm not, man. I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. We finally got some silverware. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought i throw that in there. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I've been getting enough stick all year, man. So got, we got that in the trophy cabinet. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, it, was, it was a really tough decision. Um, but it was a necessary decision, if that makes sense. Because, look, reality was, although my standards were very high at the second team I mean we we just had a gluttony of riches at the club at that time and I'm talking about guys even in the second team the likes of Scott Newmans and Gareth Batty and Gary Butcher and you know we had Ricky Clark you know so we had mm. a lot of talented guys and yeah look I was making I mean at one stage we had four openers at the club myself Scott Newman Mark Butcher Ian Ward so you can see where I'm going with this it, it was yeah. it was a decision that I just thought look I'm obviously the fourth choice yeah. so look do I stay here run the risk of you know getting a bit stale just from playing to my second team cricket and not really expanding my wings or for its time do I take that brave decision say goodbye to Surrey and move on and try and make a career somewhere else and you know, I sat down with my manager, who's still my manager now, and look, we just had to make that decision. I would say, for a time, it wasn't a common thing to do to move counties. You know, generally, you played, you stayed at the one county, you stayed there your whole career. But um, you know, I thought, look, I've got, I've got to go where I'm going to, where I feel I'm going to get opportunities. So, hence the move to Kent. Well,
2: and it was, it was the yeah. right decision that you got your first championship. Ton over there, and it sort of set off a train of, chain of events of you scoring runs through county cricket, and then you get into the England team, um, and then you're part of that uh, notorious 2013-2014 tour Shut down under. No, nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, a tell nightmare. us about that because I mean, there are so many, and I think there will still be books to come out about that tour and stuff that went on.
1: Yeah, but uh, um, what was it like? The ashes, um Well, it. It, it was a tour of two halves. I mean, the first half, I would say, first of all, when I got the, the call up, I mean, I one, I was, it was a great surprise to me because I'll be honest with you, at 34, I thought my chance had come and gone. Um, I'd made my test debut four years before and, you know, I was always waiting behind Strauss and who obviously two great players, great openers. Um, so the first part of the tour you know, I was obviously delighted, got called up for test cricket and again, still didn't think I'd play, you know, because Joe Root was the opener at the time. We got out there and, you know, we were based in Perth for a couple of weeks and it was great fun. Um, you know, I think the, the team, you know, the older guys, you know, tried to make more effort with us, newer, newer tourists, um, you know, we, we did more as a squad and then it was really that first test match where it all just unraveled. Um, was he started with the sort of infamous Jonathan Trott departure um, where he got roughed up a little bit and never really found his mojo Um, you know Mitchell Johnson sort of ran through us in that test match and um, it just all went south after that you know the team just fragmented there was there was internal problems between certain players and Andy Flower Um, there was you know people you know having really struggling I guess with with the tour their own form um things like that um a couple of retirements it just it, any you know it was all down. going on wasn't it yeah it was it was all going off and um i suppose for me that it, it it kind of watered down what was one of the greatest challenges in my career you know and i still look back you did all right you know, yeah yeah I, yeah, I did, yeah i did all right um you know i don't want to say i you know i set the world alight but i mean i'm pretty honest and you know, it was, it was tough going out there. I mean, you're facing Mitch. You know, new ball, um, fresh as a daisy <laughs> yeah. every time. And, and we're always five hundred and, 500 and something behind, or you know, trying to trying to set a total. Um, did you have a strategy
2: was, for facing him in those conditions?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I did. You know, I did a lot of work before the tour, and I think that's probably what why I had a decent decent run out against him. Um, you know, without smashing him around. I mean, I, I gave myself a chance to at least, you know, see off his early threat, was, which was obviously the new ball. Um, yeah, so I did a lot of like close range stuff in the nets with, at Hampshire uh, with my coaches there. Um, you know, took a, I told you, you know, I took a lot of blows in the nets hmm. prior to the prior to the tour. You know, so you know, get hit in the ribs, get hit in the neck, get hit in the, oh. mouth. The, the you know, you get sconed on the helmet because you got to feel the weight of the punch, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to go in there. I, you know, that's why I say it was good in a way that going in as an experienced first-class cricketer, you know what you need to do. So, you know, I felt, I don't want to, I want to give myself the best chance by going there prepared so I know that when I walk out there at the Gabbard, if I get my chance, I'm prepared. You know, I'm not sort of now trying to scramble around for an idea, if that makes sense. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, you know, the, uh, well, to throw another thing in it, I mean, I was, I, was, uh, I, was, I was sort of puzzled by some of our team tactics, if I'd like, you know, yeah. if I wanted us to kind of play a, a very attritional style of cricket, and, you know, I'm naturally an attacking player, and I suppose sometimes you got, I did find myself getting caught a little bit between a rock and a hard place, in terms of well i'm leaving balls up normally i'll throw the kitchen sink the washing machine the dryer everything at <laughs> it and you know if you nick off i mean it's one of those isn't it i mean when 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 bowling's that good but you know not to take away i think the australians just were outstanding yeah it was a good um, team you know I, I think you've got a creep credit where it's due um they were outstanding that you know just every bowler that came on just knew what they had to do they just kept the pressure on and you were looking for opportunity to score. There just weren't any. Now There just weren't any. Yeah. That's enough to deal with as a cricketer, but
2: off the field, I mean there was a lot going on. You've you faced for a long time serious health battles. You've had blood clots. How can I say blood clot without wanting it to say in a Jamaican accent? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know what I mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you've had Blood clots on yeah. your lungs. But one more love this is serious, uh, which involved yeah. going on blood thinners, uh, and that was yeah. why you had the specially designed helmet. Uh, yeah. And then in 2016, a cancerous tumor was found in your stomach. I mean, yeah. wow! Uh,
1: you know, yeah, it's a lot. Of, it yeah, is a lot for a young man. Yeah, suddenly Nicky wants to slip doesn't seem the biggest thing in the world, right? So, mm. um, but you dealt yeah, with it. Yeah, again, you know what? That that you know, I say this, young young. Girls and, girls and boys that I coach now that, you know, the key, the, the key to success really is how you come back from adversity. You know, it's not necessarily averages, runs, wickets, you know, that kind of stuff, how much how much you make at the IPL. It's, it's how you come back from adversity because adversity is real life. You know, when, when you look at life as a whole, how many happy moments do you have in your life? Very few. This is one. Um, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you, know, you, have, yeah, you have. Talk you to your heroes. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you have very, very few opportunities where you can say, look, you know, today was a good day for me. You know, most of the time it's, it's dealing with real life events, sickness, health problems, death, loss, divorce. You know, these things, they happen. Um, so, yeah, when I got sick the first time, um, I mean, it was straight after my test debut. So, you know undoubtedly it, it changed life around a lot you know i had to go on sort of lifetime medication um which is obviously dangerous for our sport because you know if you get hit by a ball you know it's been some serious trouble so yeah. again you kind of had to make that brave decision of um what do i do here because when you look around there was no other cricketer who had the same problem or condition as me so um so you know some people were kind enough come on board and help me out you know the helmet manufacturers um people who made my my inner gear my, my inner pads and things like that you know just to reinforce them a little bit um and it was a, it was really down to a case of look you know god gave me some really good reflexes i've never been a batsman who played in fear of being hit by the ball you know i always tried to watch the ball yeah uh, i was a good back to player so that i guess that helped and i feel if if i if I felt if, you know someone that had a fear of the ball, then I probably should have probably just called it a day then. Yeah. Um, but I figured, look, let's give it a try, and you know I ended up getting you know eight more years out of my career. Um, you know, further the story on to, to 2016 when I when I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I mean that was that was a big blow. I'll be honest. Um,
2: was it eight I operations that, or eight incisions they had to make? Today? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was really it was a big operation. And probably on top of the other operations I've had, you know, for various injuries and stuff, um, I think it was probably one too many. Um, You know, the body is a lot of scar tissue, as you can imagine, and, and, you know, batting involves a lot of twisting motions in particular. You know, I I love my fielding as well, and I found, you know, like I didn't have that range of movement in my fielding like I once used to. um, and, And I suppose also getting my body back to, how it looked as a 20 year old. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Don't we all? It was, was harder hard work. Um, you know, you're doing the running, you're doing the dieting, you know, all these things. I mean, you know, your stomach's been cut up a lot. So yeah. it's always going to take, you know, it's always going to take time. and But I think, I suppose, in the back of your head as well, you know, you know, you do, you do think sometimes, you know, have they got all of it? You know, did they miss anything? Am I going to get it again? You know, these
2: things, how, so. how are things now?
1: Yeah, praise good good, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, it's, I'm I'm healthy, I'm, you know, I've been trying to try and keep the, the the healthy lifestyle going even though I finished playing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't drink or smoke or anything like that. Um, so, you know, I trying to eat healthy, I try and exercise even through the lockdown, trying to keep in some sort good. of shape. Um, and one and of the other pos-
2: th- one of the other positives that came out of all of this was um, you picked up a pencil and started to draw again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen some of the stuff you've done now. I mean, it's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: it's good. It was, it was good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I suppose yeah. The, the positives were that it brought me back to a, a childhood passion. So um, I dabble I dabbled with a few of the arts in the past, like music or a nightclub DJ for a couple of years. Um, all right. When I was a young kid. So oh, yeah, that's, where so all these,
2: that's where all these tunes come from then on yeah, your selection. Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Used,
1: used to go down Brixton and get my records. Well, you, that, now, but now we're going back now. We're talking records. I uh, remember, you know, yeah. Vinyl, yeah. Seven inch yeah. dub plates and things Seven like that. Seven inch dub plates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to go down, there, <laughs> go down there, go down there, Red Records and uh, Mr. Boogie, uh, who used to DJ for Fifth Dub so, Vendor, was that one in Brixton? Dub Vendor, yeah. Go yeah. so down Dub Vendor, get, more, get my records i go out and play, Me and my boys, i go out and play around um, some of the clubs around we used to do London circuit for a bit. Yeah, and then it got harder once I moved to Kent because I, I suppose I was focusing more on my cricket then. And um, but yeah, the art the art came up. You know, just just going through rehabilitation and cancer. Really, I just didn't want to sit there chewing on you know what's happened to me and because you know when you get sick as a sportsman or sportswoman, it's, it's a it's a rare. It's a, it's a weird life, because you've got to think about your fans before yourself. So you've got to think about, you know, you, you barely have time to process the news yourself, you know what I mean? You've got to start thinking about, right, what am I going to put out there, um, so that people know what's going on, why I'm not playing, or, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if that happens to a normal man, a woman in the street, I mean, they just go in, they have their operation, praise God, they make it, and you know they come back to work in a few months time but you know being in the public eye is different you know you got to think about all these things and you know keep journalists at bay when you're going through all of this because everyone wants their sort of pound of flesh to find out what's going on and when you're going to be back in the house you know are you going to be back you know all these things so um but you no know, it was it was a tough time mainly for my mum. you know because she'd been through it with me with the lungs yeah. and you know now to go through this i mean that was that was really you know the tough bit to deal with personally because it was keeping her going and um her keeping me going so um but yeah the art came about just really just you know it was um, i was just bored at home and i thought right i need something to do just to take my mind off things and i just had a pencil around and but, yeah, come from childhood, you know. We, I didn't have a lot of toys as a kid, so you know, we, we we weren't flush with money, so there was always pen and pencil around. So, yeah. we started sketching, and I didn't realise that on YouTube that you know that you can start teaching yourself to kind of draw in a sort of professional manager, manner. So I started seeing this guy Kelvin Acuff, a who's the world's best pencil artist, he's born bred um, artist here in Britain and of Nigerian descent out there. I mean, his work is like phenomenal. So he's very realistic in what he does. So I like that and I love pencil art as well. So I just started following the videos and started to draw and, you know, put them on on social media. And obviously, things blew up from there. People were like, wow, I didn't know you could draw like this. And, <laughs> you know, things like that. And and then I was very lucky last year to meet Kelvin um, face-to-face. So I went to one of his, so the only drawing that I've had is you know, was from him, so um, and now we've become very good friends and, you know, we talk to each other every now and again and, you know, I follow him still and, um, so, you know, I get to, very lucky in my life that, you know, I get to meet all these great people across, you know, both careers, be it my cricket or or artwork Um, and, you know, you can sort of call these people friends, you can sort of lean on them for advice and, and watch what they do at close quarters, so yeah, it's just nice, it's therapeutic, you know, it, it takes off a lot of stress and with other things that are going on in, in your life, you know, at the time, and um, and actually, when I did come back to play, I found that it, it kind of took the pressure off my batting, you know, because um, you, you realise that, look, I'm, it's going to take me some time to get back into full flow, um, so to have a, an opportunity to go and do something else whilst the game's going on was great.
0: Yeah, we've got to promote your website for it. Which is michaelcarburyart.com, isn't it? That's
1: right. Very simple. Yeah. And you do have
0: some, uh, you do have some prints and that available on the uh, on the website. Yeah. And people can commission you for work as well, can't they?
1: Yeah, they can. As I've, I've, seen got, I've, you've I've done. got one going at the moment. I've got a little baby girl to do uh, for a client. Yeah. so yeah, people more than welcome. They, got, they want their aunt, their mum, their dad, brother, All right. sister, grand. Have, you, have you come across any other
2: good artists in the last day or two? Hey. Have you come across any other good artists in the last day or two recently? That are quite Any good, good? Artists, yeah. Uh, that you might have seen on WhatsApp or anything. Uh
1: yeah, what? Yeah, I've seen one. It's <laughs> quite useful. Yeah, he he, um, <laughs> yeah, he did he did a useful ball. Pit. it looked like a ballpoint pen. Rotary blue. pen. Yeah. <laughs> is he, is yeah, he, he trying?
0: Looks, to... He looks quite decent. He looks like he's got some talent there. Not... <laughs> oh dear, needs that. How's your remain And Michael, something else we've got to talk about. Um, and you've been really. um talking well on this subject is the lack of black players in county cricket uh we, we've yeah. talked on the show about it and um, how how are we going to improve this we, you know we've talked about at the moment yes. cricket seems to have a problem that it, it it's not just black kids that's not coming through it's no inner city kids at all because there's no inner city facilities but you know we've got to do something haven't we to to, to help everybody not
1: just the black kids Absolutely absolutely man um, I mean how long you got on this show <laughs> 30, mean, it, go it, for it, it, it go for it 34 yeah. minutes we're good <laughs> is it alright uh, yeah I mean yeah look I, I, let me first you say guys I mean I think across the board I think it's sad that in the year 2020 we're still talking about this yeah. right I mean I'll say that as my opening line I think you. you, you I'm the eternal optimist you know I would like to sit here and say that, look things are have moved or improved, I just can't categorically say it, and in particular in cricket, it has just gone nowhere for me, right and, you know, I I, yeah, when I I got asked to do that podcast, you know I I thought to myself, look and this is not me, you know having a pop at anyone, look, everyone answers the questions in their own way, but I felt that, look, we've been around this before, and what you tend to happen is that they get they get certain black people on these shows, podcasts or whatever to talk about these, these issues because they know that they're going to kind of give them cliche answers. And for me, I thought to myself, look, it, it, I need to tell it as it is through the eyes of someone who's lived it, breathed it, yeah, you know, had to overcome it to, to get where I got to in this life now. And I just, you know, I didn't realize what impact my words would have. Um, you know, I, I suddenly had a massive outpour from, uh, I think it was the women's, the Ugandan women's football team sent me a very nice email wow. to say, you know, look, thank you for speaking out because we experienced it and this, this and this. And I had South African cricketers who reached out and said, mate, thank you for speaking out. I've had ex-county X pros, um, I've had ex-colleagues you know all, it, it's touched it's touched everybody I, mean, I didn't realise you know Just I just spoke from the heart and, and it, as I say it's through the eyes of what I went now what I went through when I first walked in a dressing room you know the, you get the constant remarks you get the you know always having to fight for just to get equality just to get the same opportunities you know um, Did I read somewhere um, that
2: when you went to Kent you got pulled over yeah. by the old bill seven times in two weeks and you're
1: crying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was bad. It was bad. I yeah. had stones i I've had stones thrown at me when I was playing basketball. Um, I got pulled over by the police, you know, I, you know, I took a girl out on a date and you we know, were having a nice time and you know, dropped her hole and, you know, they were tapping on the window saying, Oh, you're right, love, you're right in there, you're right in there Ugh. And and it was her who basically told him well, I won't say on the live show but <laughs> <laughs> they need to do one. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so these are the things that
2: but yeah, what we can do. be done? Because we had this, we had this with Raheem Sterling recently, and we've yeah. had it time and time again. And you get all these slogans and gestures and T-shirts and. Yeah. and there's. A, but I think you're right. I don't think that really does anything. And I think what we need now, and, and, and tell me what you think. But my view is that we need action. We need goals to set. We need, um, you know, a real course set out that everyone's got to stick to. You know, and 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 change yeah. attitudes properly, not just like you say, saying slogans or.
1: Uh, look, you know, look. I, I, and again, I don't. I mean this respectfully. You know, it's great to see people doing the marches and protests. You know, trying to show their support in their way. But look, I'm I'm talking to someone that's old enough to remember like things like the Brixton riots. Yeah, man. Yeah. Stephen, I you know, went to school round the corner for where Stephen Lawrence was murdered in Bromley. Um, you know, I myself have been pulled over. And by police and had problems. Bleed, you know. I think what the simple answer is right. It starts at the top, right? Is this country has been run by certain people the whole time. So, you know, it, there's no point, you know, throwing money at and, and creating new departments. Let's say, let's call it black inclusion for a moment, right? Yeah. Black inclusion, because the same people are running things at the top. Right. And I, and I said in my podcast, if, if, if people want racism to stop the only people that, to, that can do it, in my opinion, is white privilege. Right. Because racism really has, has basically set the tone for them to, to benefit from it. Right. I mean, so all, all your big corporations and institutions that are running to the, to, today were, on the, were, were based on racism. Right. We're still, you know, they say racism was, was abolished. example but you know up until 2015 we're still paying the compensation bond um, to Mm. the slave trade owners yeah not the slaves yeah so you think to yourself right so in my lifetime i've seen both labor and Conservative being voted in so it shows me that even government officials prime ministers still agree that black people are the second-class citizens here Right. That 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 we should never have had to pay that, ever. So sports limits life. So if you're seeing it at the very top, you're gonna see that undoubtedly you're gonna see it in sport. And in particular cricket, where let's be honest, it was a middle class white game, mm-hmm. right? You look around, there's no there's no black CEOs, there's no dire, black directors of the boards, there's no black county county chairmen. If you come down a notch, there's no, there's no blackhead coaches, and I know friends of mine who've done level three, level four coaching badges, so are, you know, more than, more than equipped to do the job. But yeah. they just won't get looked at. Um, I think I was the last black captain, and I only lasted six games, and I know for a fact that was it was taken off me because, well, certainly my colour my skin didn't help me. Um, so then you look around at the players that are left since since I left the game I mean there's about five Yeah, and, yeah, we, we, we and, and, them, and most think. of them are born in Barbados I think,
0: yeah. I think we highlighted there was nine and only one had come through a state school and of the nine four or five were from Barbados and under 19 still yeah exactly that, so yeah.
1: the numbers have gone down massively and you know that that's a variety of reasons I, you know I understand it I get it you know there's more money in football and we you know cricket's always been football's ugly sister i understand that but what i'm posing to you know the ecb the P, the hierarchy the ecb is okay but what have you done different to try and outreach to certain communities that just haven't done anything yeah it's, it's yeah. almost been accepted that well they don't want to they don't want to be part of it so we just move on
0: they seem to and do a lot for the Asian community because they know the Asians do want to play cricket. But they they, they seem to think that by putting money towards some of the uh, initiatives to get black people in, it, it doesn't seem as worthwhile for them because they're not going to see a return on it. Does it it kind of feel like that.
1: I'll be honest with you guys. That's just purely a business transaction. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because if you look if you look at the state of cricket now, who runs the game? India. Yeah, yeah. Right? India. India have all the finance to run our game as we know it. So, remember a few years ago when 2020 cricket was being launched, India took the took the brainchild, ran with it, and created this Galactico. So now, you know, all the major franchises around the world are generally owned by Indian businesses. Generally across the board, right? And England were the only country, and I know this because at that time, I was one of those guys who, like Kevin Peterson, and, and who was, again, very vocal about, you know, how we should get involved, we should get involved with India, right? Um, because it will help our development of one-day players, it will help our white ball skills. PCB didn't want a thing, wanted, wanted nothing to do with it. That's right. Right? They wanted to be stubborn. No, no. So, you get a scenario where I might have got offered a chance in the IPL, for example, and but be told that well you can go for two or three games, but you have to be back for these token sort of fitness days or press days. The counties now to take a massive proportion of your county contract away from you for being away, right? So you've got to weigh up. You know, I'm, you know a you know, young guy like you know I've got a mortgage. You know, I live by myself, so it's not like I've got a, a missus where I've got a second income. I I sort all my bills so. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I've got to work out, yeah. right, potentially losing 40, 50K on my contract, just sitting potentially. I might sit there for seven weeks and not get a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was looking at it from an experience point of view. Imagine being part of RCB, for example. <laughs> you're, you're, you're practicing with Virat Kohli, AB De Villiers, Chris Gayle, all these guys as a, as a, a spy reader. Ravi 20, Bapara. That, right, yeah. yeah. Right. So... We miss, so this is why I feel that there's this massive push now to, you know, to show oh look we're not you know we're we're not racist, look we're doing our bit for for, for Asian cricket but just that word alone guys Asian inclusion That's yeah. the devil's in the details yeah yeah <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. you don't have a white inclusion set no. out of the ECB do you no do
2: you I, I, mean? I, I had speak. something only last weekend I was watching my son playing right he's he's sixteen. Mm. full of attitude, wants to take on the world, bowl fast, which is good. Mm. But I was talking to one of the other parents there and we were talking about um, Asian kids in cricket. Mm. And I hadn't heard this before, but it was interesting that there are Asian kids being forced by their parents to play cricket because their parents think... It's a socially aspirational and acceptable thing to be playing, And these Asian kids don't have any interest. They don't want to play. But the clubs are also welcoming them because they see Asian skin and they think, all right, he's going to be good. He's going to be, you know, and the parents are going to be, you know, the parents turn up and they put money into the clubs and whatever else and it, it kind of harks back to what you're saying even at the top level it's where, where Asian and Indian cricket is concerned there's so much of an emphasis on business transactions and money okay. and commercial yeah,
1: it's, money, man. it's money it's money it's money because you know Indian plant, you know Asian fans are you know quite affluent people so you know it it, it, pay, it pays to have them on board I'm not saying they, and then you know they are talented people but I also know that you know that they, the problem is again. I even mean, if, if you look around, even when I started, there used to be a lot of Asian guys yeah. playing the game. Even the numbers there kind of slipped away a little bit. You don't even see kids now coming through academies anymore. Now, no, you, know? like, you just don't see anyone. but you see
2: these uh, micro leagues as well. You see, like particularly across the East London, you see like a Bangladeshi uh, East yeah. London league, yeah. a Sri Lankan yeah. East London league. Yeah. Um, which you know,
1: there, there are yeah, again, real the devils in the, the devils in the detail, D. Yeah, you know what I mean, why? Why do you think these leagues were formed in the first place? Oh yeah. yeah. So, that, so I'm saying. So this is what I'm posing to the hierarchy now: is that you know the, the devil's in the details. You know, everything that you are seen now is reflection of what what's happened over you know thirty, well, my thirty years, probably fifty years since the game's really been formed. Is that it's it's only viable to a certain type of person. Do you know what I mean, and yeah. for a sport that, let's be honest, needs participation. Yeah, ha- the question I post to the, the hierarchy, Tom Harrison, these kind of people at the top, is what have you done to go and say, go into certain communities like Brixton, like Peckham, like Stockwell, like Fort and nice, East, you know, where I grew up? Yeah, they, know, they just rely on. Never,
0: sorry yeah. to do it, aren't they? They sort yeah. of. Um, I know Ebony Rains from Brent. She's got a, She she was involved in the. I think is it the Ace Cricket program? Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. think.
1: Yeah, I, I was I was asked to go on it, and I politely declined because again, I've seen I've seen all these things before. Chance of Shine, Urban Kids Cricket Channel for Channel 4, uh Cricket Lambeth yeah. Lambeth. I've seen it all. Right. It's no. Diff, the problem is not. Listen. Trying money at another campaign is not the answer. The 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 the, the, the big the bigger issue at hand is why the same people who've been allowed things to happen or get this far are still in power. Because if you weed these people out and freshen it up and diversify it and get some new fresh ideas, people who are more in touch with the modern world, then I think you have an unbelievable chance. To change, to start changing things around, then you get into the realm of right. How do we educate? You know, the education. I've heard people banging that drum. Are oh, we got to educate ourselves? We got to educate. Right. Again, I asked. I asked a certain questions, not cliche questions. Right. What education are you talking about? Because it can't be the same education that me, you have gone through. Mm. Because so much of education has been buried. Yeah. I mean, so we we don't want to be pumping this education out to our kids, 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 because nothing will change. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, right, we need to go way back to how it all started, and I mean right back to how it all started. And yeah. look, it on both white and black side, there'll be some uncomfortable findings for both of us, mm. but it's necessary because. It will, st- it will build empathy for when things like George Floyd happen again, and they will happen again. Yeah. Right? White people will understand why we are so angry. They will understand when certain things are said in an office, for example, or a change room, and we react. They will understand because they have better knowledge. Yeah. That's you know what I'm saying. They'll, they'll have all their facts on the table if they choose not to not to act on it well then that's them isn't it but do you know what I mean because you're not born a racist no 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 no, no, sorry. You're not, no, one, no one's
0: no. born a racist you know what I mean you, you're taught racism and you've got go, only got to go to any park in London and you see kids of all backgrounds they just play with one another because they're kids exactly. they want to play with one another 100% they don't, they, unless their parents have said something to them or they've been taught different they don't yeah. know they just everyone's the same to them they're a kid they want to play with them Cubs, I'm just thinking
2: of a slightly different, uh, going on a slight tangent, but staying in mm-hmm. sports, where black kids seem to prosper is athletics. Okay, right. we see whenever we see the Olympics, whenever we see the World Championships, Diamond League meetings, whatever, representing right. Great Britain, representing their clubs, running, whatever, um, and we saw at the last Olympics. You know, in the, champ, the World Championships. Black British kids winning medals and doing well—they mm. seem to prosper there. But I don't know. Help me with this one. Are the are the hierarchy is the same problem where you, you don't have black, you know, black athletes going on to coach or manage or becoming part of the um, athletics
1: um, setup? Well, I think yeah, there's still there's still, there's still issues in athletes. Um, you know, I, I know friends of mine um, who. who you know, again, struggle to get jobs after after competing, uh, things like that. Um, but on the athletic thing, it's an interesting one because, you see, I think that's more genetics, hmm. right? That that's more generic things. Yeah. If you look across the board, you're looking for a sprinter. The black guy has got the perfect genetics for being a sprinter. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? If you if you're looking for a boxer, again, you've got the perfect genetics. Um, so I think that there's that's that's possibly one reason why there's more kids, black kids in those sort of sports. Um, football, you're seeing more of an uptick in, in young black footballers now coming through. And um, again, you know, but, but look at the pace of the Premiership now; it's very oh, fast, yeah. it's very fast, very powerful game. So plays beautifully into the hands of of black guys, young black athletes. Um, you know, not to say white guys are not good athletes, but you know, black men are naturally good athletes. Do you know what I mean? You could, you know, guys, guys are na- you can't teach someone to run quickly. Yeah, you're got do you, it know, do you know what I mean? Like you just can't teach that stuff. Um so but yeah, you raise a good point. Is it's it's when you finish yeah. competing, playing, whatever is right, what op- you look around, like myself now I'm, I'm retired, what opportunities are there in my sport? To then say, right, you know, keep visible within the sport and almost help the next generation black or white or Asian or whoever on their journey. There isn't anything.
0: Does this mean that someone like you, you know, accounting needs to come to you, get you on board, um, get you helping them develop, even the ECB, get you on board, taking what you're saying and get someone like you to help develop this going forward? Is it something you'd be keen on doing as well?
1: Well, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to help, you know, help where I can. I mean, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I've still have love for cricket and I would like, before I leave the planet permanently, that, you know, someone is just going to be valued on how good they are as opposed to the colour of their skin, do you know what I mean? I want to know that even if it's not on a playing front, that a man or woman will feel comfortable... Applying for a job at the helm of the ECB if they've got the relevant credentials. Do you know what I mean that? That is a realistic possibility. It's, mm. it's what I'm saying in essence, guys. Is, and I have to kind of explain this to the ECB that uh, look, I'm not plotting a, a black takeover bit here, right? Mm. It's not what I'm not, that's what I'm about. What I'm fighting for is just something very, very basic: It's equality. Yeah, right? level playing it's like field. A, yeah. it's a level. It's a level playing field, right? You're finding a lot of black community are now going away from things like cricket because, quite frankly, they don't feel they're welcome. That's the biggest That's the biggest issue we face at the moment. And there's nothing in the game at this moment in time that is opening the doors to the black community. Do you know what I'm saying? So, OK, so, we're, you know, we're talking about Ebony for Brent's ACA programme. And look, I wish her very well on it. But, you know, I've seen these things before, we find a couple of kids at 15, by 19, they're not even playing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I've seen that a lot in my career, and, and my involvement in cricket. And the big... I'm one of those people, I feel about layers. Why? Why is this happening? Why? 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 Yeah. Look at the coaches. You know, it's all the same kind of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. you know, you you've got to understand black community. You know, have they tried to understand black community? No, because... What they try to do is put everybody in the same box. You can't do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Black community is very different to the Asian community. Asian community is very different to the white community. White community is very different to the black community. Yeah. Yeah. We're similar on certain things. We're very different on a lot of things. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. difference doesn't mean bad. And this is no. where you have to kind of, kind of change people's mentality who, you know, have who've to, been running things the whole time. Is that different, to, being different doesn't mean bad.
0: We have to blend the differences to make everybody better, don't we?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you've got, you've got to find... I mean, this is why people are paid the big bucks to manage, isn't it? Yeah.
2: You know, you know, what, I so don't see, you know what I don't see here yeah. that I see in the Caribbean? Particularly yeah. in Guyana, I saw this, where my yeah. family's from. Uh, Guyanese, Chinese playing cricket. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that anywhere else in the world, ever. Because
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you've got so, so many Chinese over there. Yeah. I mean, like, Guyana is very diverse. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? like I'm, I'm, my, my father is Guyanese, so you know, my, even myself, my family, you know, my grandmother was um, quarter Indian, quarter Portuguese. Right. So I mean, so I'm very, I'm very mixed Mixed. <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, but you are from Guyana and that part of the world. You know, so
2: many. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but listen, let's let's end um, on something upbeat. So tell me, what what is giving you hope? What is giving you joy? Uh, in the near future and, and, and in michael carberry's world at the moment what's what's oh,
1: well you know what it's it's been a it's been an interesting sort of 18 months um obviously leaving something you love and um you know it's starting that different i suppose real life as they say life begins at 40 I'm um, 40 next month so um it's been a you know I, 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 you know it's, it's a little bit uncertain i suppose when you leave. Leave the game um, abruptly, especially, and it's kind of you know you you have to think logically and think to yourself, well, you know, I still got bills to pay, I still have to find a way of making a bit of money and these kind of things. But I suppose um, I've been very fortunate in that I suppose how you how you live with people within the game and and, and people know you know know and like you and you've always been respectful to people that I always believe it pays you back. So. You know, had a great opportunity to do the art exhibitions last year, which went really, really well. I had loads of love and support on social media and people who came along to the shows. Um, you know, I did well and did my diploma. In, in financial trading, so I'm, I'm a trader. Oh, right, okay. Um, so I take on the markets every morning. Um, <laughs> <that's> right, I'm <laughs> using more and more hair every day. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's my don't, day
0: job as well. So that, yeah. Don't yeah, take yeah. any tips off Darren, mate. I tell you, go skinny in no time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So you know, I've, I've just tried to you know to answer, you know I've just tried to really just immerse myself in things that I'm interested in. Yeah. You know, um, rather than looking at just making money um i think you you will make money from things you are interested in Mm. um because you you will put your heart and soul into it so um and yeah you know obviously this year has been a bit of a yeah been a bit of a (laughs) non-interesting bit of a weird year for everybody um and a real test of i suppose everyone's mental well-being um you know as at certain times as well but I looked at it to try and use the time wisely and, and, and really delve into my trading. It was, it was the only thing I could really do. I couldn't get out and coach for a bit. Um, you know, the art kind of slowed down. Um, so, yeah, it just gave me the opportunity to kind of get my business up and running. And, um, and just, you know, I think it's using the t- it's using time that we wouldn't always have, you know, to, to tap into ourselves and, you know, understand ourselves. Um, so I tried to do that. And... Therefore, I didn't find it as as bad as some people did. Um, no,
2: I think you explore about you. You explore things about yourself, don't you?
1: If you if you've got the right yeah. mindset. Yeah, it's all mindset. Yeah yeah, 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 It's all mindset. It is all mindset. You've got to, you know. I think you need. As I said these are very, you know, extraordinary situations we find ourselves in. But I think it's very easy to sort of just give up and. and you know, think that are oh, you know, this is here, I'm gonna be, you know, or look too far ahead. You know, worry about stuff that hasn't happened yet. You, yeah. know? Um, you know, you kind of have to try and remain present as present as you can uh, every day. You know, and you know, embrace some days that you will feel more up than down. It's okay. It's not. It's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to be feel guilty about. It's just life. You know, that is life. Um, as long, but it's finding that balance. It's not getting too low. And similarly, it's not getting too high when things kind of go your way. You Mr.
2: Carberry, it has been an absolute honour and privilege to have Very you on. Mindless. And uh, we love that you're outspoken on things, but you, you speak from the heart. It's not nonsense. You're just chatting about or jumping on bandwagon as you feel strongly <laughs> about these things. Yeah. And listen, we love the fact that, you know, you've done so well on the cricket field against so much adversity Uh, And you are still a much loved figure in the cricket world. People listen when you speak, and I'm sure that the future is going to be great, because like you say, good things come back at you, and I think from the way you've conducted yourself on the field, off the field, and how you are at the moment on such big important matters. You're speaking so much sense, you're not being sensational, and you're speaking real deal stuff. So many, many thanks for coming on and we've absolutely no, enjoyed you so having me, you and, uh, no, and, and, and the music as well that you brought to us tonight as well yeah. what a
0: fantastic yeah, yeah. So That's nice. some decent music on the show Darren <laughs> keeps picking it's terrible well yeah we have to play Mark Butcher every week so yeah he's
1: still to his yeah
0: give us his new single next week we'll be right away with that one then <laughs> alright mate listen we'll let you get on with yeah. your evening but uh, yeah, thank yeah. you again so much no, thanks bro. and
2: uh, we'll be in touch soon we'll stay in touch with you yeah. Okay, yeah, thanks a lot.